Welcome to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. I'm June Grosso. Every day we bring you insight and analysis into the most important legal news of the day. You can find more episodes of the Bloomberg Law Podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcasts. President Trump has fought all demands for his tax returns in court, but it now appears that only the Supreme Court can keep his tax returns hidden. A second federal appeals court in a month has refused to block a subpoena for Trump's tax returns, moving the issue closer to a possible showdown in the Supreme Court. The Manhattan Appeals Court has rejected Trump's claim of broad presidential immunity and refused to block the Manhattan District Attorney's subpoena to his accountants for his tax returns. Joining me is Josh Blackman, a professor at the South Texas College of Law and author of the book, An Introduction to Constitutional Law, 100 Supreme Court Cases Everyone Should Know. This was a unanimous ruling by the Manhattan Federal Appeals Court, but it was narrow and cautious. Tell us about it. The issue in this case begins with the New York District Attorney, and he requested certain documents from President Trump's accountant. And these were documents that were being used for a criminal investigation into Trump as an entity, as a whole. Specifically, the Manhattan District Attorney requested copies of Trump's financial records, including his tax returns. The court then had to consider whether a state prosecutor could request these documents from a third party. President Trump argued that he couldn't. President Trump argued that there was an immunity. That is, because he was president, he could go to court and block a state court from requiring the production of these documents. The Second Circuit Court of Appeals decided that Trump was not immune. The court held that the documents could go forward to be produced. This holding doesn't mean that Trump could be indicted or prosecuted or even charged with a crime. All it means is that the third party, in this case a financial firm, would be required to hand over the documents to the government. So then how much of a blow is this to President Trump's quest not to have his tax returns turned over? You know, the the tax return issue seems to have been with us now for almost a thousand years. It seems the issue that never goes away. Even if the documents are disclosed to the grand jury, that doesn't make them public, right? Usually grand jury proceedings are sealed for a reason. Actually disclosing them, I think, would be another issue altogether. But what is more possible is that the grand jury may recommend certain types of criminal indictments of, if not Trump, perhaps people in his orbit. And maybe the district attorney in Manhattan may go so far as to actually indict the president for certain crimes that he may have committed or alleged to have committed before he was elected president. Either way, this decision keeps the road going towards various criminal prosecutions of Trump and his Confederates. Did the court address at all the president's claim of absolute presidential immunity from criminal prosecution or even investigation while in office? They didn't address that question. That question sort of is lingering. What the court did say was that merely having an investigation doesn't rise the level of a formal criminal charge. In other words, you can have an investigation that may distract the president, but that's less serious than the formal criminal prosecution. This is the second federal appeals court to rule against Trump regarding tax returns. The D.C. Court of Appeals ruled last month that his accounting firm had to turn over tax records. Right. So, June, there are two cases we have to keep in mind. The first is the one in New York, and this is by the Manhattan District Attorney, who is requesting evidence 
for a local criminal prosecution. The second case is based in Washington, D.C., and here the Democratic-controlled House is requesting documents pursuant to its impeachment inquiry. Both these cases are requesting the same sets of documents, though for different purposes. The New York one is for a potential criminal prosecution, whereas the D.C. one is for a potential indictment, and I think there are different analyses for each. But so far in both cases, the court has rejected this claim of absolute immunity for a third party. But because both these cases are on a very fast track, it's very likely we might see a Supreme Court decision this term about whether the, the courts can block these sorts of requests. President Trump's attorney said they're going to appeal this Second Circuit decision to the Supreme Court. The court obviously doesn't have to take this case. And if there are two cases being appealed, let's say the D.C. Circuit case gets appealed to the Supreme Court as well as this, and there's no conflict in the circuits, how likely is it that the Supreme Court would take this case? I think the court has to take it. Usually the court will pass on a decision where there's not a division among the lower courts. But when you have a decision about the president of the United States, and you have a decision about whether he is subject to these various kinds of investigations, you need a higher authority to resolve it. The Second Circuit cited the Supreme Court's 1974 ruling in U.S. v. Nixon as the most relevant precedent. Tell us why that is relevant here. Well, the famous case, of course, is involving the Watergate affair. In the 1970s, the special prosecutor requested the recordings from the White House. President Nixon said, no, you can't make me give over these tapes. And President Nixon asserted what's called absolute immunity. That is, the subpoena can't be pushed against him. The Supreme Court disagreed unanimously and said that the president's not immune. The Nixon case, though, is a little bit different from the case we have here, and I'll tell you why. With Nixon, the subpoena was against the president directly. In the New York case, the subpoena is against the third party, the, the Mazars financial firm. So the Nixon case isn't directly relevant, but it does teach that this absolute immunity doesn't exist. So if the Supreme Court justices did hear this case, would they be likely to uphold the subpoenas in this case? I think this is a harder question. The court may be hesitant to be seen as shielding Trump. And uh, when I say the court, I mean John Roberts, because he's the only person that actually matters anymore. The chief justice may be hesitant to be seen as shielding Trump, so he may be willing to decline. Although in his past life as a conservative judge, uh, John Roberts was very protective of executive privilege and executive power. He was a White House lawyer for many years. He ruled in favor of President Bush in Guantanamo cases quite consistently. I don't know how this one shakes out. I think it's, it's harder. If there's an impeachment inquiry, then I think the, the courts will enforce broader subpoenas, as the Nixon case teaches. I think the impeachment case is stronger than the New York case. There's some questions of whether a state prosecution could even exist against a federal officer like the president. Generally, federal prosecutions are supreme. Thanks, Josh. That's Josh Blackman of the South Texas College of Law. Thanks for listening to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. You can subscribe and listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcasts. I'm June Grosso. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg.